Cancer Pants Podcast gives voice to cancer thrivers and caregivers from all walks of life. In this podcast, we'll have conversations exploring the thoughts, feelings, and experiences with those who journey with cancer. I'm your host, Rochelle Trudeau. I'm a cancer thriver of 12 years, and I believe that sharing stories is a vital part of our healing journeys. The storytelling in this podcast is meant to encourage, comfort, and provide insight for anyone who journeys with cancer. Welcome to Cancer Pants. Today I'm talking to my friend Kim. Hi, Rochelle. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So Kim actually volunteered to come and talk on Cancer Pants, and I love that so much, The your desire to share your story. Tell us a little bit about that. All right. Well, well, thank you for, mm-hmm. thank yeah. you for having me and giving of me course. this outlet for sharing my story. Uh, as I had shared with you privately, I... Um, you know, I'm, I'm not completely comfortable, uh, you know, p- putting myself out there and sharing, um, but this helps me get out of my comfort zone. And, um, and I do want to share my story. Um, and I'll get into it in a minute. But just for the mere reason that I, I want to be able to help others um, that may yeah. be feeling the same way I am or was feeling. Uh, and understand the, the path a little bit better are one of the things that I've learned is everybody's story is a little bit different. You know, our, our, our prognosis are all different, even though they may seem similar, our treatment plans may be different. Um, I think the most important thing though, is that we get screened early um, because the earlier that we can catch this, um, the earlier that we can get diagnosed, um, the, the better our results are long-term. Um, yeah. And the better the treatment is too. Absolutely. Not be- I mean, not better, but the less invasive the treatment is usually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as, as you mentioned, you know, we both live in the same, same town in Southern Maine. I'm very lucky to live here, um, you know, near the coast. Um, I work in banking. I um, am a commercial loan officer and work with a lot of businesses. Um, and at times, my job can be very demanding. Um, and, you know, that is something that focusing on, you know, after my diagnosis, um, living my life sort of right BC instead of before Christ now means like right. before <laughs> cancer, before right? Cancer, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I went for my annual mammogram in late 2020, and I had put it off because of COVID. Um, you know, I had normally gone in the spring, and we were all locked down. So while I did still have my mammogram in 2020, I, I definitely delayed it till later in the year. And I had often been called back because I had dense breasts, um, which interestingly enough, every one of my friends I've talked to has also has dense breasts. So I don't know if that's something that they really say or if it's really a thing. But um, so it didn't, it didn't 
surprise me at all. In fact, I was almost a little annoyed because I had trips planned when they called me back for a second uh, mammogram. And again, I had, had had to come back, you know, multiple times before. Um, and so January of this year, I went for my, uh, my repeat mammogram they wanted to do an ultrasound and then you know a biopsy and, and discovered a two and a half centimeter tumor on my left breast um when i initially got the phone call you know as we all get the call um you know my heart sunk i, I really didn't I, i'm generally a positive person so even you know after my biopsy as soon as i got in the car i googled you know how many biopsies you know what's the percentage of biopsies that become malignant and it came back 20% and i'm like oh 20% i'm good i don't have breast cancer i'm fine and i was actually planning a trip with my friends like a week later and i thought well maybe i can delay my ultrasound and um and I didn't. I, I, I did cancel that trip and, and got in, in my biopsy the next week. And that next, so that was like on a Thursday, that next Monday, I got the call. Um, and honestly, I, I was shocked. My heart sunk. And you, you immediately get that, you know, that feeling of, of emotion that comes over you. And I, I wanted to start crying. And, um, and I, in that moment thought about probably six to eight friends of mine that I have in my circle of people I know that have been through breast cancer and they're doing great and they're healthy and live vibrant lives. And, and I was like, wait a minute, they're okay. I'm going to be okay. And that I was able to sort of catch myself and sort of pivot to taking charge of this and, you know, be smart, make smart choices. Um, I reached out a friend of mine um, is a surgeon down in Massachusetts and um, and I reached out to another friend of mine who was a nurse practitioner initially because you know now I need a, a breast cancer surgeon and I've never needed one before um, and you really trying to kind of you, you've there's a lot of big decisions that need to be made in a short period of time yeah a lot of pieces of the puzzle that need to come yeah. together. I was so fortunate, though. I really felt like everything did come together. Um, so it, initially, I called. I said, you know, I'd, I'd like to get a, a couple, um, you know, a couple of consultations with, with breast surgeons to find one that I liked. But I definitely want, was motivated to get on this early. Um, so my friend gave me a name. And um, I called and they were able to get me in that week. Um, and you know, I, I ended up going down to Boston um, in, you know, the Mass General um, community. Um, I was actually seen, though, at Newton Wellesley Hospital, um, but my doctors are all kind of part of that network. Um, fabulous. I so fortunate. I, you know was referred to somebody amazing right off the bat. I had an appointment that week, very next day that they scheduled me for an MRI. They found two other smaller tumors in that same wow. breast. So while we had a, an initial conversation about lumpectomy, um, we decided to do a double mastectomy. I had um, in invasive lobular cancer that was um, progesterone estrogen positive, HER2 negative, which the cancer people on this call know what that means. <laughs> um, oh, I always, anytime anything medical, yeah. 
comes up, it's always going to be in the show notes. Okay. So I'll put it in the show Great. notes. Great. Um, so, and then they were able to get me in two and a half weeks later for my surgery. And oh, wow. I really kind of just spent COVID. that. It, 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 it was really amazing um, to me that it could happen quickly. I mean, I was super motivated. Again, I just wanted to get this out of my body, get this over with quick. Um, and that, you know, I think I set myself up a little bit with that in that I, you know, there's, you know, follow up treatments after that, that take time. And I now realized I, you know, this is a process and it's going to take as long as it's going to take. Um, and I, I can't control that. Um, and I'm in great hands. I have an amazing medical team. Um, so, you know, I had my surgery. I was fortunate. My daughter stayed with me for a week. I had another good friend that came for a, a long weekend and that helped me out. Uh, I live alone in mentioning COVID. One of the, the, you know, one of the challenges that I had was really, I, I didn't want to miss my surgery with a positive COVID um, test because you have to be tested for COVID three days before. And I didn't want to get COVID either. So I really kind of locked myself down in my house for those couple of weeks. I wasn't going to take any chances. My friends brought me food. They left them at the doorstep. Oh, I so like sweet. really didn't, again, want to take any chances. Um, and, but, you know, you go to all your appointments and no one can come in with you, you know, they, which for obvious reasons, but you know, you're scared and you get dropped off. It's weird. You get dropped off at the curb and, you know, your, your friends and family can listen in from the car on, on speakerphone to the appointment. Um, but you know, it's still not the same. And yeah. even, you know, the, the morning of my surgery, it's, you, you get dropped off at the curb. Like you don't have your, your sort of emotional support person yeah. with you. Your community. Yeah. yeah it's important. Um, so, you know, that, that, you know, just made it a challenge, but fortunate it could still happen and nothing got delayed because of that. Um, I, you know, my, I got through my surgery, I think, you know, fairly, you know, as expected, I had um, elected to do um, uh, implants afterwards as part of my reconstruction and um, ended up having expanders put in um, with my surgery. Um, Pathology after my surgery showed that I did have another tumor in my right breast that didn't get picked up before on any scans, and that I also had two very small metastases in my um, lymph nodes, which was really devastating for me because um, all along the, the tests and scans it had shown that it, they were clear and that was like kind of the thing I was hoping on I'm so lucky that it didn't hit my lymph nodes and then to find out that it had you know kind of threw me off for a few days yeah um, did that put you in did you do chemo so yeah so I um so part of my treatment plan was 12 weeks of chemo and then five and a half weeks of radiation you know Monday through Friday every day um, I had one session. So my, the chemo that I was supposed to, that I was, that I was planning to take, um, was, was, uh, cytosine and taxotere. And it was one, you know, one cycle every three weeks for four mm -hmm. weeks. And mm -hmm. 
the first session, I, I had a reaction initially that the nurse that I was working with slowed my my um, dosage down. So I took it over a longer period. And I think I, I, I tolerated it pretty well. I, I definitely felt sick for a few, you know, a few days, mm-hmm. you know, I felt good the day after because they, they give you steroids and, yeah. and so forth to make you feel great. Right. Um, and then I felt like I had the flu and, you know, was kind of down and out on the couch for a few days. But by yeah. that Monday, Tuesday, the next week, I've, I felt okay. And that was, so then the next, I went for my second cycle and had that, that same reaction, but almost worse. It was like an anaphylactic reaction and my, uh, my O2 numbers, um, you know, were going down and, you know, it was that every, all hands on deck, everybody's, you know, around you pulling things off and they're putting something into, to clear the, um, you know, whatever, whatever's coming into my body to stabilize me. And, um, you know, it was kind of determined at that point that I was not a candidate for, I was allergic to an ingredient that was in the taxatier and it's, it's, it's not super common, but it's not uncommon. But for me to continue chemo, I would have to be admitted and it was more of a, more of a process. I met with my oncologist the next day and, you know, it's just hard it, it was defeating, you know, I think that that moment of I'm just trying to do everything that I can do to to have the best possible long term results. And and, you know, and now I can't do that. I felt like I failed right. in, in some way, but I might mm. have an amazing oncologist um, and she made time for me the next day we were on the phone we did a a virtual call so we could see face to face which i think was the first time she saw my face because i always had a mask on when i was meeting with her um but you know we we went over you know the results of my oncotype test and while the the chemo it was good to have like the the what is it the half um, nice to have need to have kind of it i could still have good results long-term if we stopped doing chemo and I just went into radiation and then did the hormone therapy for, for five to 10 years after. So that was the, the path that we, we decided to take. And, um, and I, you know, I was good with that. So shifted gear, started radiation, did that through, um, you know, May and, and June and was able to um, enjoy the summer, you know, for the most yeah. part, kind of recover yeah. and get my energy back. Uh, I do have a, I have decided to um, have my ovaries and my um, fallopian tubes removed. So I have that scheduled for December 29th and then my exchange surgery for December 8th. So that's sort of the, the mental goalpost yeah, for me right now. Once that, once I'm done with that, that, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I hope, you know, knock on wood that I can move forward on living my best life. Right. Right. That's the goal. So you, yeah. And thank you for sharing all of that. I think it's, it's so interesting when we listen to other cancer thrivers and we can look and see like, oh yeah, good for me, 12 years out, you know, I'm looking back and I'm like, oh yeah, there, there was all of these very in- intricate details and steps of the process 
that kind of become a part of your like uh, profile. It's interesting that you say that because I initially felt like I didn't want to be defined by breast cancer. Like I didn't want this to define who I am. But now that I've lived with this for a while, it is a part of who I am now. Yeah. It's Hey, this is Rochelle. I wanted to jump in real quick um, to interrupt the conversation and let you know that in the show notes, there are links to um, descriptions of breast cancer characteristics and profile um, explanations. So it is something that breast cancer survivors and thrivers talk about a lot. And it's interesting to learn how um, there are many different types of breast cancer out there. Next in the conversation, Kim is going to talk to us about these ways that her cancer experience has changed her life. So back to the show. And when um, you filled out kind of the questionnaire, you wrote down three incredibly beautiful things that um, you have been doing yourself, your own medicine, for um, not only navigating this part of your experience, but also um, going, you know, just going forward. Um, and so the first one you, you said, and you kind of mentioned this already, but you wanted to make health a priority. I have, you know, struggled with my weight for, for several years, really. You know, it wasn't that I, I didn't want to be healthy. A lot of people, you know, have this mindset. We, you know, we, we want to be healthier. It's, it's finding, and, and it's not like I didn't want it bad enough, but now there was always a reason sort of to put it off or to, for whatever reason. Um, this definitely was like the two by four on the side of the head of, you know, I was 53 years old at the time. Um, I need to make health a priority. I have, you know, people in this world that I, that I love and I want to be here, you know, and, and live a long, healthy life. Um, One of the side, so in, in researching everything, one of the side effects was um, the weight gain that I was reading on the anti-hormone medications that we take. And a f- couple people in some of the podcasts had wrote that they had gained, you know, you know, anywhere from like 15 to 30 pounds. And at that point, I was the heaviest I had ever been. Um, my, my, you know, I gained a little bit of weight, more weight during COVID being home. And I just thought I can't possibly gain any more weight than this. And in, in a weird way, I feel like there was so much happening health-wise that I could not control that this was something I could control or, or, or and it helped me in that way. Um, I, I really kind of at first focused on sort of an anti-inflammatory diet and nice. wanted to yeah be more accountable, again, just really to prevent, if, if nothing more, any additional weight gain. And I started just focusing on eating, you know, clean, you know, organic foods, um, you know, researching, you know, a diet that would be um, beneficial for, for the recovery that I was going through um, and supporting my healing. I had met with a, a nutritionist from the, the cancer mm-hmm. center. and yeah, so um, good. <laughs> And I think, you know, the big yeah. thing for me was, you know, I logged everything into an app, again, just to, to help with yeah. that accountability. And, um, and I've lost, you know, f- you know, almost 60 pounds now. 
um, oh, wow. since, since, you know, that time, wow, um, that was must feel so, so relieving for and, you. And that's, just yeah. for me, you know, anybody that struggled with their weight, you know, I, I would, would have been on the verge of, of diabetes and, 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 you know, all mm-hmm. of those other health related, you know, or, or weight, you know, related health conditions, um, mm-hmm. that would have been in my future at some point. I, I yeah. had, been fortunate. I had, had dodged things, but I, you know, I wasn't able to be as physical as I wanted to be. There were things I just, I just couldn't do anymore. And I'm, I'm right. loving the fact that I have more, um, you know, more, more mobility and, and more mm-hmm. energy from that. And so I think I had shared with you, I'm like, you know, in a way breast cancer saved my life. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it really forced me to put me first. Um, I have, you know, always been somebody that had sort of been hardwired to serve other people. Mm-hmm. And um, this was a time f- to, to focus on me and, and put me first. So that yeah. that was huge for me. And it's a lifestyle change that I, I plan to continue. Um, and, and again, it, it sounds very odd to say, you know, this, this breast cancer diagnosis saved my life. But um, the other thing, you know, well, you know. and I'm going to interrupt you real quick and okay. say that that's your truth. Yeah. And that's your experience. And it's, um, you know, I've said many times cancer is a teacher. And they're as different as each, and as random and chaotic as each of our cancer cells are, is as different as the teachings that we get from cancer. You know, and I think that... Um, it's sharing with us how we can grow and time is kind of not the thing because you could not make it. Cancer could take your life, but it was, you know, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter what somebody else might think about you saying cancer saved my life, you know? And it's important, I think, to allow, um, us to learn from cancer instead of kind of battling it. You know, I think what we battle is the, the treatment we battle. We, you know, we're not battling ourselves. We're trying to help ourselves survive. So I'm going to, I just threw that in there because that's one of my, (laughs) one of my opinions around breast cancer. And I love, love that you are brave enough to say that because it, you, it sounds like your teacher came to you, you know, and, and the teachings are working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, and it's, it's funny too, cause I think, you know, when, you know, you make yourself a priority, um, it's, it's necessary. It's not selfish. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, you know, when I had that time that I was out for, you know, I took six weeks out of work and, and was recovering, but I also really wanted to use that time to, to kind of take inventory of my life. And I so blessed. I had amazing friends and family that, that were Mm -hmm. there for me. And I, I I don't know what I would do without them. Um, But I, you know, definitely looked at places where I could reduce stress in my life and where I may have been overcommitting myself and, 
I so definitely, that was your other, your other one. Yeah. Reducing stress. So getting yeah. healthy in your physical body and then working on, on me- the mental, piece. mental, emotional piece. Yeah. yeah. And you know, my family, um, has, had gone through some, some very traumatic, you know, a very traumatic loss, mm-hmm. uh, the year before, um, so I definitely was holding a, a lot of stress in and worry about people that I love and all of that. Mm-hmm. So th- that was an exercise and it, it's really hard for me to break that habit. You know, that saying, um, if you want something done, ask a busy person. You know, I was mm-hmm. always, yep, I'll join that board. Yep, I'll do that. I'll take that on. And I would make the time to do it. But I was I was hustling every minute of every day long hours and it, it takes its toll on you. So really kind of focusing on managing, managing that, creating balance and enjoying, Mm -hmm. enjoying, finding joy in my life and in the stuff that I do, because I love what I do. Um, so, so that, that (laughs) was a a big piece for me. And then I think the, the third point I had made to you was allowing myself to be vulnerable. Um, you know, initially when you're diagnosed, all your friends and family text me when you're out of your appointment, let me know what's going on. And it's that, that, that chaotic of, I'm still in the appointment and my phone's blowing up, you know, and these are good things, people that, that care. But, um, I was fortunate, um, you know, we have a mutual friend and she, Mm -hmm. um, had, you know, in the very beginning had sort of raised her hand and, and said, I, I, I will be your person. I'll help you through this. And mm-hmm. she and I um, had sort of come to this, this thought of let's, I, I w- wasn't at that point comfortable sharing on my normal Facebook page and social mm-hmm. media, but we created uh, a group and I had in, yeah. in you know, it, it, initially I thought, oh, I have like, you know, 15 or 20 friends and it grew to like over a hundred, like, <laughs> um, right. but it was a place where, I could share updates in one place mm-hmm. to everyone as in real time as it was happening. And that's but where that, they all had to go to get them. Yeah. Or it <laughs> just showed up, it showed up yeah. in everybody's newsfeed. Exactly. And then, um, and then also I could, you know, sort of share my feeling. It, it, and this was hard for me, but it was cathartic because mm-hmm. it was, it was making myself vulnerable to share how I was feeling. Cause I've always been this controlled person that, mm-hmm you know, I could Mm -hmm. post like pictures and share how, how I was really feeling with everyone. And and it's nice for me to have that to look back on in in some ways. Um, And then also it was a tool for, you know, organizing meals or I, you know, Hey, it's windy. Could somebody help me with my trash cans? Um, Just things that, that I needed in those early weeks. So, um, you know, that was kind of a, a gift to me and, Again, it, it really made me put myself out there because I wanted to be, when I thought of that first moment I had when they called and I got the call and I thought of the, the four to six people immediately that came to mind, I'm like, if I need to let my friends know this and what I'm going through mm-hmm. so that one in eight women will get breast cancer. There's more of us that are going to draw the short straw and, mm-hmm. and hopefully maybe they'll remember me sharing and my experience and my journey and know it's doable and, and I can do this and I, and you know, it, and I will be fine too. You know, that was, that was, I think my mantra through that period was I will be fine. Mm-hmm. 
such a simple mantra, but so powerful because you're setting yourself up for, you know, there's no other option. Yeah. There's no other option. Kind of get those blinders on. Right. And you're like, forward we go. (laughs) I will be fine. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, over the next months and years, the, the, growth and the perspective will happen and you'll be able to look back and see how you've grown and changed and, and be able to also do some grieving, you know, because I think that it, you know, getting a cancer diagnosis is, as you know, we're talking about it saving your life, but it's also something that I think oftentimes we go through this and we're like, okay, I'm fine. And then things come back around for us and then we have to kind of revisit, you know, what, yeah maybe some loss or maybe some, you know, some going back to the treatment and looking at, you know, your experiences. So um, I just wanted to point that out because I think it's important to remember that it's okay to not be okay. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's what's so great about being vulnerable and reaching out to your community. I think that's so awesome that you created that page because I know a lot of people don't want people to feel sorry for them well, or, and, and, or, or the or attention. Have, yeah. I, I didn't want it to look like I was seeking out attention either that I was so uncomfortable with that, that yeah. part of it that I was using this in, in some way to get attention from people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm glad I got over that because it, it was, yeah, yeah it was, it was, um, it was huge for me to, I mean, that support is what gets us through it in the, in the dark times. And, and yeah. Yeah. And the people who end up being able to help you, they are also benefited in so many ways. Um, it's, you know, like you're that kind of person who loves to take care of others and you're the one out there helping other people. And then now it's time for them. And, but you can also look and say, Hey, I know that it feels good to be a part of somebody's healing. Yeah. And that's why we have each other, you know? Um, So interestingly enough, and I think I had mentioned this to you earlier was, you know, my intention was, you know, I want to, I want to be there if there is anybody that, you know, at some point somebody in my life will Mm -hmm. um, get this diagnosis and I want them to, you know, know they can reach out to me or, you know, be able to sort of just give, give back in that way. And, you know, be careful what you wish for. I mean, I had someone in my community, you know, Mm -hmm. an old friend reach out to me two months later. I mean, I was still in radiation and she was like, I just got a diagnosis of of breast cancer. And, you know, so it was fortunate for me that, you know, her, her pathology or initial diagnosis was the same as mine. She had lobular, you know, invasive lobular, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were, we're all different, but, um, you know, it was still so fresh for me that I really could kind of give her some guidance yeah, and, you could and help her navigate, and share that. And navigate that. So yeah. um, that was like, wow, like, that's great. But that so quickly, you know, I mean, and I, I, I would say to her, I only have two months more experience on this thing you do. <laughs> so I'm not an expert, but, um, you know, I'm happy to, to, you know, be that, provide that. Yeah. Support. And then, how did that feel for you to help? her go through that? Um, it, it, no, I mean, I, it, it felt great. Um, 
it, no, it, it felt good. I, I, you know, I think that I was also going through my own journey mm -hmm. at the time. Um, so, and, and, you know, I was fortunate, you know, not, I, I hadn't had and you know, setbacks or anything like that so that I could, you know, focus on, on being positive, right. positive for her. Yeah. Um, was there any, is there anything about your experience that you feel that you might've done differently so far? Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to put a negative spin on it. I just, yeah. sometimes we, I think that we place a lot of importance on certain things and it's interesting. It's a good perspective to see what maybe you've placed importance or maybe you thought was important, but maybe wasn't. Oh, that's, I mean, everything looks completely different now. Um, I think, you know, you know, I think giving, you, you know, forgiving yourself because none of us are perfect. Mm -hmm. If you could look back and say, you know, this is going to be the most important thing, or this is going to be, it's, you know, I, I don't I guess think, maybe that's a yeah. tricky question. <laughs> you know, what's so funny about that is, because I have thought about um, that I was in such a rush to fix this mm. and mm -hmm. to, you know, get my work in order because I had two and a half weeks to prepare and, and make sure I had all of the provisions in the house that I needed that like I was planning. Yeah. I'm a list maker. I plan. Um, I, I, w I wonder if I didn't give myself time to sort of feel it all and mm. that maybe that will still come to me. Um, you know, almost like you're in action mode. So you're not, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it, it, it hasn't fully comprehended like, wow, wow. I, I just went, you know, you're still going through, through it. You still have yeah. two surgeries. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's great. I, I love that I get to interview you while you're right. You know, I, I love that, you know, I, 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 I've really sort of thought of my body even during before going into treatment. I, I, I really didn't want to take, I didn't want it to be negative. And it was funny because, you know, my daughter was driving to me to my chemo appointment. And I was like, oh, chemo is such, it's so scary. Let's call it wellness infusion. You know, yeah. Can we pretend I'm going to a spa for a wellness infusion? <laughs> and, and I didn't want to look it. at my body as my body's sick or I have a disease. I wanted to look mm -hmm. at like, I am grateful for my body and thankful for my body. I am, I am healing. I am recovering and, and have it, you know, is sort of put a more positive spin on a very yeah. dark thing mindset. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I'm pretty resilient, but you know, yeah, I love that because it ties right in with you making your health a priority. And it was like, kind of setting you up for that. It was setting your mindset and your you're, you're telling all of your cells, look, I see you yeah. as a healthy being. And maybe that was the, maybe that's just what you needed is to just hold yourself in such esteem and, and, and with such love that you could actually imagine that your chemo was a wellness infusion, which <laughs> I love. I mean, I, I did all kinds of visualizations where anytime anything came out of my body and I won't be specific, but 
it was like, oh, cancer cells are leaving. Yep. Cancer cells are leaving. Bye. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you for growing. Have a nice yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. I just, and I just have yeah. some cells in my body I need to take care yeah. of right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's no big um, deal. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's really easy to get, um, to feel invaded, to feel, um, like, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, why is this happening to me? And those are just the real, the reality, but it's, they're not helpful realities, like to get yourself into that space and to understand, yeah, this is hard, but we can have fun with this, you know, and we, you, that's what you have control over. That's, you were talking about, I I plan things. I make lists. You can't put cancer on a list anywhere you just can't plan for it no and you can't plan what's going to happen next like getting sick from you know the chemo and things like that so um being able to find the things you can control and that sounds like you really took your mindset and said this is what's gonna how it's gonna be for me yeah thank no that's yeah thank you i love that no thank thank you you. (laughs) this is awesome i love it um i wanted i wanted to talk for just a few minutes about because you did mention um losing weight and having and like i love that you said of just really loving your body really getting into this place of, of nurturing your body and it doesn't sound like you jumped on a diet or you did anything like that, but you just were choosing to eat according to what you knew was going to be good for what you were going through. And I just want to, first of all, just say that, like lift that up and say, that's really, really, in my opinion, it sounds very healthy and very wonderful. And I've been running into some stuff on the internet and Instagram and stuff about, you know, losing your chemo weight and, how to like, you know, just body image things and diet culture um, stuff that are is out there, and it's it's rubbing me the wrong way. <laughs> and so, first of all, I'm very grateful that you've made your health a priority, and that it's not like you're you're trying to fix just one more thing, but that you're celebrating your body. It's so funny that you say yeah. that because I. Um, you know, I, I think it's looking, you know, looking at, you know, being more physical and looking at foods as, is this food um, enhancing my health or improving my health or detracting from it Mm -hmm. Um, and, and making smart choices. And there's going to be times when I, you know, want to splurge on something that, you know, might not be, you know, but not all the time. And, um, Yes. So that was, that was important. But another story that I think I can share with you is I am part of a group and we do this event once a year. That's a fundraiser for our community. And Mm -hmm. this year it was one of those humid days in August that was so hot Mm -hmm. and we had to set up for it throughout the day. And, you know, we were, you know, in a, in a tent, so it was hot and humid. And I, and my friends were so conscious of making sure I was okay um, and not mm-hmm. overdoing it. But, um, you know, I was only really kind of, I think, a, a few weeks out from from finishing radiation at that point. 
And there were times I definitely felt like hot flashes or nausea or I'd have to stop and sit down and, you know, um, but I had thought, you know, and, and so I was sort of the gopher. I went and got lunch for people and, you know, I, I did what I could do, but a week later, a week or two later, I was in the car and I was driving and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm 54. I, I don't know what my, my goal is or I just want my body to be healthy and strong. Mm -hmm. I don't want to fit into a size. I don't need my, I don't want to define myself by a number. I I, want to be healthy and strong. And I don't know what that is. Like when, when do I get there? And I I was sort of thinking of, you know, what do I want my goal to be? And I didn't want it to be a number. I didn't want it to be a dress. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want it to be a bikini or a, you know, anything like that. And I thought about one of the people in our group that, you know, is sort of this jump in there, do it person was the girl on the ladder that was, you know, Mm -hmm. hanging things and and physical and get things done. And I'm like, you know what, next year, I want to be the girl on the ladder. I want to be the strong girl that can do this and that. And and my friend can be the one getting lunch. And I remember calling her and being, and she was like, deal. (laughs) I'm like, this is what my goal is. I want to be healthy and strong. Um, it's what and, we can do in life. And whatever that size ends yeah. up being is, is fine, but I, I, I just want to be yeah. happy and strong. It, you can't put a size on on quality of life. Yeah. So it's, and and our bodies feeling all, like you can do something. Our bodies all look different and we make choices yep. of what that looks mm-hmm. like and we can't judge each other for, you know, I think especially in this political environment, like our bodies are our bodies. Yes. Bring to, it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, don't and tell me what, yeah. Don't control yeah. what is going to happen to that. So Whew. boy, this experience gave you some fire. It did. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I well, love I it. You had a little bit of that before too, but of course. <laughs> imagine. But, you know, when we go through these experiences, we get refined and we get more clear about who we are in the world and who we want to be. And you want to be that girl on the ladder. You want to be the the one that can do. Yeah, I love it. Kim, do you have anything that you would like to share with caregivers, with... um, yeah, let's 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 reach out to the caregivers because I'm doing kind of a caregiver and then a cancer thriver kind of back and forth. So is there anything you'd like to share to people who want to help someone? Maybe a tip or a, a, some philosophy or an insight around it. I think, oh boy, you know, it's, boy, the caregivers, boy, they deserve so much um, because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's hard for some people to ask for help. Um, I think, you know, you know, you know, your loved ones and what, where those boundary lines might be. Um, I think the hardest thing when you're an independent person used to taking care of other people is to let people take care of you. Um, but it's a good exercise too. It's important um, to let people help you because they want to help because they're helpless. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, the, you know, and every little thing helps. I mean, I, in the beginning, I 
was diagnosed right when I was diagnosed. And like I, I told you, I kind of went into this lockdown, but I mean, mm-hmm. for like two weeks, all my friends were leaving me little gifts on my porch and just like mm-hmm. might be books or blankets or, you know, a mug with tea. And it's just like oh, mm-hmm. something that might just seem so little means so much. So much. Yeah. And just knowing that I was blown away that I was so blown away by my community and the people that oh. cared and um and and you know even just you know you might not think like making a meal is a lot but like wow like you took the time and energy to make a meal to make my life or my family's life so much easier yeah. um that I think no even the littlest thing can make a huge difference perfect yeah yeah. And, and uh, so, and then those that are the, the real care, not the real caregivers, but you know, if you're there on a day-to-day basis is take care of yourself too. Mm-hmm. Don't be, they need to ask for help. There's a yeah. lot of other people in the world that are happy to, mm-hmm. you know, bring meals or drive to appointments and, and things. So, so they need to really practice self-care as well. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful advice. And Um, I know that everyone's always looking to say the right thing and get the right thing and do the right thing. But really, um, you know, it sounds like you're saying it doesn't matter. Use your intuition Mm -hmm. and um, take care of the caregivers, too. Absolutely. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it's true. You know, and take care of yourself if you are someone like that to do to everybody needs to get on the wellness wagon at that point because it's. It's a, it's a journey. It and it takes a community, right? It does. It, it takes a village. It takes a village. <laughs> yeah. And we live in a really amazing community. And uh, anyone Special. who's from our community, um, can we can just lift that up. It we've Especially during COVID, I've seen miracles and so many things happen. And everybody's always there for each other. Even in my own life, I've had some stuff happen and it's just amazing. People who don't even know you will just reach out and help and do things. It's just, we're so, so lucky to live here. It's great. Um, so thank you so much, Kim. You have some big stuff coming up and so keep going how you're going. And of course I'm in your community. So let me know if there's anything I can do to help you. (laughs) Well, thank thank you for your um, your friendship and support and allowing me to have a a voice on your show. I, I have loved it and I really appreciate you and all of your, your sharing today. Appreciate your being vulnerable. Take care, Kim. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to cancer pants podcast. All the references and links to information about the guest today can be found in your show notes. Go out and find the joy. Wear the pants. You are right where you belong. Take care.